Hello, welcome to What Theatre Means to Me. My name is Todd Dugan. I'm an actor slash podcaster slash producer. And in this podcast, I chat to actors and creatives about their theatre journeys and what theatre really means to them. In this episode, I chat to my lovely friend, Anna Maria Smith. Anna has recently been in the new production of Billy Elliot at the Leicester Curve, which was incredible. Um, So we have a lovely chat. We did this over Zoom because Anna's moved back up to Newcastle. Doesn't live in London anymore, so we did this via Zoom. We had a really lovely chat. Um, One thing I will say about this podcast, we recorded it a couple of months ago. And since then, Anna's professional name has changed back to her actual name. So in the episode, I refer to her as Anna Maria Rossa. Her name isn't that anymore. That was her old professional name. She's now been allowed to have her normal name back. So that's a little caveat for you. But I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much to the um, everyone for the love and support of episode one. It really means the world that people have listened. Um, so yeah, let's hope you enjoy episode two. Here is what theatre means to Anna Maria Smith. Hello everyone, welcome to What Theatre Means to Me. I am Todd Dugan and I'm joined by the lovely actor Anna Maria Rossa. Everyone welcome Anna Maria, hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good thank you, how are you? I'm good thank you my love, long time no see. How's things? Indeed. Things are good yeah, living back up in the northeast um, so got a slightly slower standard of life right now which is welcome after four years in London um but no things are good plodding on plodding on that's that's the that's the actor phrase we always use just plodding on (laughs) see what happens um so the first thing I want to ask you we're going to go right to back to the beginning of the theatre spark like theatre spark so what was the first thing that you remember seeing at the theatre and was that the thing that made you want to get into theatre or was that something different we can kind of bridge into that yeah um so the first thing I remember seeing was um a high school production of Greece that nice. my cousin was in uh my cousin Gary played Danny Zuko and Teen Angel because clearly <laughs> he was the only boy in the school who could sing um I and I remember it. I remember sleeping most of the way through it and then my mom waking me up when Gary sang his songs and then I think I probably just slept through the rest of it um but then I did I did redeem myself I did go to see 42nd Street on Broadway in like 2005 um, but I feel like that was my my theater redemption arc and I I have a bit of a different journey into musical theatre, especially musical theatre to most people. Um, it wasn't something that I got into really until a lot later. Um, yeah. So I'd been to see, obviously, a couple of musicals as a kid. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 16 or 17 that I realised musicals were a real thing and also something that I could maybe do myself, even at an amateur level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just because no one in my family was particularly interested apart from my cousin Gary um who I didn't have a, like kind of a lot of contact with at the time yeah um so yeah it wasn't 
until I saw another Amdram. Big up the Amdram because uh, Am it was an it was an amateur production of Phantom of the Opera, um, nice. a youth production of Phantom of the Opera. I saw um, that made me want to actually start doing it myself. Nice. And that would have been yeah when I was about sixteen. That's amazing. So and, and in between that, so I, I know obviously because we've we've known each other for a long time. So I know that you kind of were a teenager really before that like you were kind of predominantly dance really, weren't you? You were dancing gymnastics for a long time. Um, so what what for, for that shift? Was it Phantom or was it um, other things that you were like, oh, actually, this is really accessible. I could do this as a career when you were finishing school or? Yeah, I did, um, as you say, I did a lot of dance and a lot of gymnastics competitions and I'd got to the point where, especially with dance, I'd kind of pushed it as far as I could go in terms of I'd won a lot of competitions, I'd done my exams that I wanted to do. Um, Same with gymnastics, I'd got kind of to the level where I was never going to be good enough to train for the Olympics or anything like that, but I'd kind of hit hit as far as I could take it, really. Yeah. Um, So I stopped competing uh, and just started training in dance for for fun and my mom said to me one day I remember us having a conversation where she was like well maybe do you want to look at doing something else do you want to do a sport um or do you want to go to theater and we kind of looked at a few different places like netball teams and ice hockey and <laughs> all sorts um and she one day just was like what about like theater like you used to be really confident when you were little and you know, you used to really like theatre and things. And I just thought, oh, yeah. And I've always been able to sing as well. I was, you know, in the school talent shows singing Halo by Beyonce at the grand age of seven. Of course um, you were singing Halo. Of, <laughs> of course I was. Um, so I knew I could sing. I had no acting experience and I could dance. Um, and I ended up going to a Pauline Quirk Academy nice. um, on scholarship because... I was very poor at the time and that was I met a friend there who did Phantom of the Opera um, with this other kind of Amdram group and it was I'd done like two sessions then I went to see Phantom of the Opera um, and that was really the thing that that I thought oh okay like I actually really like this and yeah I bought the um the DVD with Oh, uh, Emmy Rossum and oh yeah, 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 yeah. That the film version, the film version. And I was like watching it on my eye on um on my laptop and in my bed and being like, "In sleepies." I was like, "Can I sing this?" <laughs> <laughs> like trying to work out whether I can hit any of the notes, and I couldn't. But we learned from there. We learned from there. That's so nice. Oh, bless you. So, and then from there, obviously, you then went obviously went then went to uni and then decided uni wasn't wasn't for you and then left there and joined drum school what what forced that shift from you from from going to do what we like to call a muggle job a proper a proper job to then go and actually no this isn't this isn't me I want to I want to be a performer what yeah what happened what happened what how did that come about well, so I was studying um, international law, politics and Spanish at the University of Liverpool, um, which was very academic and it was a full time course. And because I was doing triple honours, none of my friends other than the medics were doing full time. Yeah. Um, so I found it quite difficult doing something that was so intense when nobody else was. Yeah. Um, 
and I joined the drama society. Uh, well, actually, it was the was it the drama? Live well, it's Liverpool University Student Theatre, and we were more the musical theatre side, and there was right. also an actors group as well for oh, straight cool. acting. I didn't know what straight acting was. Um, I knew hairspray, and that was it. <laughs> um, so I joined, and I did um, guys and dolls with them in my first term of first year. Had a great old time, made loads of friends, and I found myself skipping lectures to practice stuff for musical theatre and even though it was just something I was doing you know it was a complete amateur and on the side it was something that I found I was making that my priority without realizing to be honest um and it wasn't until we did our second musical which was Bear uh pop opera opera, you know it quite a um quite a niche one yeah quite a niche one but it's really there's some great songs yeah and (laughs) The way, you look, the way you looked at me there really fun. <laughs> really fun well it's just it's it's just wild it's, it is wild it, it's crazy the the first like 30 seconds of a roller coaster in itself yeah yeah um but I played one of the leads in that I played Nadia and I had nice. a really great time doing that and when we got to actually performing it um the girl who directed it her boyfriend came up to me at the rap party and he was like oh like you're really good you know and I was like oh thank you like yeah thanks oh. and he went no seriously like you should you should go to drama school yeah and I was like what I should go where um <laughs> what is this and he was he was a professional actor um yeah. I'm not gonna name drop him in case he doesn't want to be involved in this no, story and to be honest I don't actually know if I know his full name um but this other guy was like um yeah, you should go. And he was, an, as I say, he's a professional actor. He was yeah. touring with a production at the time. Um, and he also trained at Italia Conti, which is why I ended up going. Um, but he was like, yeah, seriously, like you're too good to not be pursuing that seriously. So I thought about it and I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go do a master's or something once I've graduated. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward a few weeks, it was my sister's wedding day and I was in Rhodes and an email popped up on my phone with my first year of university results. Yeah. And I looked at them and I just opened the email. I don't even think I scrolled down to see how I did. And I just opened the email and went, I'm not going back there. Yeah. Something in my head was just like, I'm not going back. And I looked and I passed, but I had to reset like one module of something. But I'd done really well and everything else. And it was just one module I had to reset alongside my second year. And I went downstairs and I told my parents, I've not even told my parents this, no, about a telepodcast. Um, I told my parents that I'd failed and that I would have to reset the full year, so I wasn't going back. Really? Um, but I, I hadn't failed. I just, hadn't didn't failed. Go, I just didn't want to go back. I didn't know that. No, no one knew that. <laughs> um, oh, bless you. So, sorry, Mom, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> been lying this whole time. Um, She's listening downstairs. She's like, what? She's probably listening at the door. She'll be sat there with her chum in, with her back to the door, trying to <laughs> hear what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, that was the story. And then um, I also had a friend who was um, from back home who was applying for drama school the same year. Yeah. Um, so me and him kind of, we you know we were both doing it, not attached to a college or a stage school or anything. And we really kind of stuck on, dug our nails in and did it, did it by ourselves. That's so, really nice. yeah. that was that story. Yes, and then no, it's mad. It's mad. This is sort of part of the reason I started this podcast because everyone gets into theatre in such different ways, and it's so 
amazing to hear everyone's stories and it's just so accessible like there's so many different branches and ways to get into it I think it's really exciting to hear so it's yeah it's fabulous so from from there obviously we did we did three years at drama school together and graduated and you've done some wonderful stuff since graduating so what have been so far we've still very I mean it's nearly been two years since we graduated which feels mad but I don't like that I don't like that never say that again oh no I'll never say <laughs> sorry Anna I'm sorry um we're newly grads we're fresh we are babies. fresh grads we are babies um still in the um 18 to 21 bracket please thanks um um but um what I've been your sort of so far your career um highs and lows um in terms of it could be jobs you've done it could be sort of um like waiting for auditions it could be you've had a really awful audition you've had a really amazing audition like anything like that any anything in your career so far that have been a, a really really amazing high that you've been like oh this is amazing and something that has gone right this is um yeah this is a, a a bit of a low point feel free to yeah if you don't want to say anything yeah you don't have to say something no of course um I mean I was mega lucky with my first big job out of drama school which was yeah. definitely the high for me um I did Billy Elliot the musical the new UK production at Leicester Cove um she was directed yeah oh thank you Todd you were <laughs> um, amazing was directed by Nikolai Foster um choreography by Lucy Hind and George Dyer with the musical direction and some fab orchestrations um and I'm trying to pinpoint one moment in that that would be the high um and I think it would have been our opening night so our first preview yeah um there was three four of us making our debut um and we were all recent grads as well um, and there were a couple of other people in the cast where it was their musical theatre debut. They'd maybe only done straight acting before. Yeah. Um, but everyone on the project was so passionate about about it. Um, and we were so excited to show people what we'd done. Um, and because the revival was so radically different to the original production, a lot of us were also quite nervous that this wouldn't be received no, well. Course. Because... There's always that thing when you change something that people are going to, I want the original, like, where's this, where's that? Um, but I just remember kind of coming on from my bow already with tears in my eyes because I was stood with one of the boys who, um, it was his debut as well, my mate Louis. Yeah. Um, and then by the time the Billies walked on stage, um, instant full standing ovation, and I just sobbed. <laughs> and I was doing the um the doing the finale, the post bow finale with like tears in my eyes. I could hardly sing. Um, and it was just that thing of it was that moment for me of of this is what all this work and this is what all the low points and this is what all of the you know as people say like all of the crap that you have to go through to get to that point when you it was like yeah that that was worth that that yeah. felt really nice. That's so nice. Um, so I think that was definitely my high. Yeah. Um, Career lows, I suppose, mm, it's hard because there are lots of lows when you're an actor. There's lots of times when Absolutely. when you just feel like rubbish um, yeah. for whatever reason. Um, I think for me, it was a particular audition um, where 
I was in the room and it was a it was like second round dance um and I'm quite a strong dancer I grew up dancing um not the strongest tapper and I also don't really enjoy tap I'm not I wish I was one of these people who loved it because so many people like I know you love tap Todd I know like it's something you're really passionate about like don't get me wrong I quite like watching modern tap um like tap dogs and things like that yeah things like tap dogs and like I've got some amazing friends who are amazing tap dancers to do a lot to like hip-hop music and stuff and I find it so cool but kind of Broadway tap just doesn't doesn't do it for me and I was in that kind of audition um and here's a a rabbit hole that we're probably about to jump down um but I'm like five two five three and like a UK women's size 10 to 12 um and I was by far the biggest girl in the room really yeah uh for an ensemble call as well so you know it wasn't as if they were looking for a certain look for a part um and all I could think of in my head the whole audition even though I was already slightly out of sorts with the style was I'm the biggest girl in the room here and it was the worst feeling and I just remember like I was still I was still at curve at the time I was still working on on Billy and yeah. I just remember thinking like oh, I, I I don't even want to go back and do the show tonight because I felt so crappy about myself because of being in that situation yeah and I'm not particularly self-conscious I love my body I love what it does for me like you know it moves yeah it it, it I don't know it does all the stuff that a body's supposed to do yeah. it looks <laughs> like a body's supposed to look um and I just, I hate, I just hated how that made me feel. Yeah. Um. And then it made me really angry that 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 was the case because I am not a big human being. In fact, no, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm a pretty small human being all around. I've got hands like a little, I've got weird little baby hands. They're horrible. Baby <laughs> but... hands. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm like, you know, those um the plastic hands you get from like. Tiger oh, the ones that you people. put in your fingers. And you put them on your finger, and then you pull your sleeve up, and you put the little fake hand there. That's my hands. Um, (laughs) so yeah and it was just an awful feeling it just made me really mad that the industry is like that sometimes and it's not just in body you know there's in terms of like size and weight there's a load of issues when it comes to you know rooms being very non-diverse yeah Um, absolutely and I think when you are confronted with that whatever in whatever you know circumstance it is just not a nice feeling to feel like you're the other for whatever reason. No. Um, and I think that was definitely the the worst I've ever felt in in this industry so far. You know, I've gone little dry spells with without auditions, or I've had feedback which wasn't great. Yeah. And none of and that you know water off a duck's back. Yeah. But yeah, that wasn't fun. No, it's it and it's like you say about non diverse rooms. I've been in rooms where there's 20 30 lads and we all like you're all identical which is like I, I get they're looking for a certain look but then you go and why are we not celebrating like some like amazing um uh people of color and um all sorts of people from different walks of life rather than like me i, I mean you probably don't know what i look like but uh, a six foot two straight white male brunette short brunette hair um and everyone it was like it was like looking in a mirror 30 times and you go 
do we really need do we really need do we really need this for this role yeah. no, no we don't we really don't and it's just um it's sad it's sad is what it is and like there's so many amazing people in this industry which we could do a far better job um but because of a certain look they're they're sort of pushed to one side not all the time but in certain rooms that's where it happens and it's really yeah. upsetting and the thing that gets me is that um the counter argument of diversity that you that we see quite a lot it, well especially in terms of acting but i suppose when in regards to jobs yeah it's always it should be the best person for the job it should yeah. just be the best person for the job and it doesn't matter if they're white if they're black if they're what it should be the best person for the job i call bullshit on that immediately because i am a firm believer of it's not who, about who's the best for the for that role or the best for that job for me it's about what happens when you bring a diverse group of people together yeah is magic it really is because, you know, especially if it's a new musical or if it's a revival or if it's an old, even if it's an old work, like, you know, if you're hiring a cast of, let's say, 10 people who are all from the same, a similar walk of life, you know, they're all, they're all slim, they're all white, they're all middle class, you know, able, I don't really use able body, do we? Or, you know, non-disabled, we'll say yeah. that, yeah. you know, neurotypical straight people. Yeah. Um, you know, you're gonna get similar similar ideas and similar shared experience when you widen out the shared experience, like you know, lived experience of a group of people, you know, their input to how something should be and their thought process is gonna be completely different. And the ideas that are generated from that and the inspiration it can draw for the creatives and for other cast members is far greater than, you know, a similar and I'm not saying that you know people of the same ethnicity or people of the same height share the same lived experience no, but no, of course. you are much more likely to get you know a wider pool of thought and opinion yeah. when you you know diversify a room and that's something that I, I found on billy we had a very very diverse cast yeah um, in all in all senses you know we had northerners obviously it's set up in the northeast we had probably like a 50 50 split of of native yeah, Georgies he did actually. And yeah, siders and things, and also southerners playing, playing Geordie roles, and I think that helped massively because, you know, you, if it was just all Geordies, doing a musical about how awful Margaret Thatcher was, it'd be the angriest musical in the world, and we don't need that. We need a bit of balance, bit um, of balance. <laughs> and you know, having these conversations with people who maybe just weren't affected by Margaret Thatcher and didn't know or didn't have the same experience and same opinions shoved down their throats as I did growing up. It it made made for an understanding of for me when I was playing a policeman or, you know, yeah. it it helps. And yeah, I think oh, I hate when people say it should be the best person for the job. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Harold should... the theatre goer from <laughs> Saint wherever in Cornwall. What do you know? Like Saint wherever in cool from wherever you're from no it's um and i think it's it's so important and like you say it opens up that dialogue between the creatives as well you can have a really really meaty discussion about the production and sport like you say something like billy for example which is so deep rooted within the northeast and the northeastern culture 
to then open that conversation up with, like I say, with people from from London or people that were like, yeah, I think you had people from like Leeds and stuff as well, which weren't with North, but obviously like Yorkshire kind of way rather yeah. than rather than up towards Newcastle. Um, it just opens up that conversation and gives a whole well-rounded and well, like say, well-balanced show. And I think it's really important to open our open our casts up to every walk of life to have those combos. I agree. So coming out of um, your first job and coming out of drama school and your your journey, what is, um, have you got any sort of pearls of wisdom, any advice for performers that are either like wanting to go to drama school or people at drama school, new grads, just advice for anyone getting into the industry, at, um, any sort of tips and tricks that you've found? Uh Sure. I mean, until, you know, I've picked up my Oscar, I'm not going to say that I'm the oracle of all action wisdom. Um, I haven't picked it up just yet. It's still waiting at the Academy for me. Um, yeah. But... And it's just like Michelle <laughs> Yeoho. Sorry, what? <laughs> get out my way, Florence Pugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want her to get out of my way. I would really like to be her best friend. It's <laughs> on record now. Florence, if you're listening, um, call. <laughs> I'm sure she is. <laughs> Um, no in all seriousness something that I actually only realized when some when I, a kid asked me this question um, I was doing a Billy Elliot workshop um, up, God, before Christmas now and a kid asked me the exact same question and instead of answering how I thought I should answer I was like actually no like what what have I what have I actually learned like yeah. from from auditioning and from from work and what have I learned and you, my kind of main bit of advice I would give to anyone, especially young performers, is that you don't need to be good at everything. You just need to be good at being you. And it sounds really cliche. I love that. But I have found myself countless times going, I should really learn another language. That'll help. Oh, you know what I should do? I should, I should do my stage combat medals or, or I should, you know, pick up an instrument I played for two weeks as a child or I should you know all of these stupid things that I have no interest in actually learning I just think it'll look better on my spotlight or I think oh well a casting director will think that if I can actually you know speak Italian fluently then I'm more likely to get seen for Mediterranean roles or oh well if I if I learned to do period ballroom dance then I'm definitely getting on to Bridgerton like all of these niche skills that you think are gonna widen you up to you know more roles in reality you're just spending less time working on the stuff that you're good at and the stuff that you do better than anyone else yeah those guitar lessons that you don't actually want to do like if you put that two hours a week into into singing practice or into you know researching new like monologues or something like that yeah adding some things um, to your rep things like that. yeah yeah like you don't need to be good at everything and yeah. as much as I think drama school is very prescriptive in a way of you know if you're not good at folk singing then tough luck because you're doing it for the first term of first year or you know if you if you don't find a certain acting technique useful you still got to learn it um which in a way is good, but it also, you know, sometimes you're just never going to use those things again. Yeah. 
and you shouldn't be made to feel bad about the fact that you know maybe you're fantastic pop and rock singer but legit's just not your thing yeah you're probably like that's okay that is so fine yeah you don't like it's good to be diverse in your skill set and it's good to have an understanding of different genres and of different skills but you do not need to be a master of all trades no like well a jack of all trades you just do you like and the stuff that you enjoy in your personal life informs you way more as an actor than you know than trying to learn something new that you're not interested in i discovered that like folk singing is the thing that books me the most jobs or gets me the most recalls yeah if i take a folk song like i am way more successful than if i try and fit the mold of something else like if i just take me into the room and the stuff that i'm good at and i like i'm gonna do a better job than if i try and do something else no i completely agree and i think it's it I've, i'm still learning this as well because there's points where the ca- breakdowns are coming coming through and i'm going right i've got to i need this sort of song for this but actually as much as they give they give you this breakdown and they want to say if they're looking for i don't know they're looking for a contemporary ballad or whatever and you're not contemporary might not be your style and you're more legit just sing what sing what's comfortable for you bring in something in the room that you're comfortable with and you got to sell yourself the best no matter what if it doesn't fit the brief or not because they're seeing you in your best light then they're not seeing someone you're not walking into the room uncomfortable you're walking into your room going right okay i know i haven't fit the brief but this is what i've got and we can hopefully they can see they can work with me because this is this is who i am and hope and that that and that should be enough. Um, I, so I think that's great. I remember when when we were obviously in drama school together, and we'd have people come in for for lectures and like workshops, and you would hear so many times that they would go, "Oh my god, I literally take like one song to every audition." And I always thought that they were lying to sound cool. Yeah. I always thought that they were like, "Oh no, like I'm way too cool for drama school. Like I literally take one song." But it's true. Mm. Like it is. I have one. Geordie folk song that I use and I will really push the boundaries of when it's acceptable to sing that song like (laughs) it's gonna get to the point soon where I go in for like Phantom of the Opera and I'm like hello here is um the water of time um as performed by a Geordie folk singer um no obviously you've got to fit the brief of what they're asking but it is true i I've got like two massive folders of music and I think genuinely I think since graduating I've probably sang less than 10 songs yeah. definitely less than yeah, 10 me too. maybe maybe just like five and none of them are musical theater apart from one audition that they like have specified everything I think, I, think probably, I think I've only probably done one or two musical theater songs um I th- yeah and if that, I mean, if that if you're if you're musical theatre dominant, if that's you know if yeah, if that's your strength, if you're then, like the yeah. Sutton Foster type, or the and that's how you sing, like great, you know, take it home, go like yeah. take your Frank Wildhorn, do you know, do <laughs> <Frank> what you <laughs> take it, do what you're good at, um. But if that's not your thing, which it's not, you know, naturally where my voice sits, I don't have much twang or like that. That's not kind of what my voice does. Um, yeah. 
like take take what you take what you're good at and also like i use um shout out to my ex by little mix and you bet i've got the ballad version and the the like panto pop version <laughs> like, oh. i love that I, I'll use the same song and just sing it slightly differently. That's the beauty of live auditions. You've got a pianist and you can say, can you actually do this? At this slowly? tempo. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I think it's, yeah, why not? I remember when you first did that at drama school and we all <laughs> wet ourselves. It was over Zoom, that was. That was, I had like, yeah, bun- I, had bunch- I had bunches in my hair and like purple eyeshadow on. I just popped in the screen and I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> ready for this. Hilarious. Oh, bless you. Right, so my final question, Anna, to you is, what does theatre mean to you? Oh, you had to hit me with the big one right at the end, didn't you? The big old question. Okay, Uh, what does theatre mean to me? I suppose, for me, theatre, or the theatre, is a place where anything is possible. Like, it's you know, it's quite literally a blank stage with empty seats. Um, And it's completely up to you, you know, what you fill the stage with and who you fill the seats with. Yeah. Um, And I just think there's something really beautiful about the fact that it's so open. And especially now where there's so many, you know, there's so much you can do to kind of put real societal issues on a stage and bring you know a wide range of people into these buildings um to make it something for everyone yeah and i don't think that every every piece of theater should speak to every single person because that's you know you're never it's impossible i agree um, but just the fact that you know the the possibilities are endless and there's there's so much play to do um that i think it's really exciting and yeah i think what theatre means to me is is no limitation and you know an endless amount of outcomes and that's something that's really exciting when you know we live in a world where most of us do the exact same thing every day and yeah. to have to have some you know to have a place where you can go and do whatever you want and see whatever you want and be whatever you want is is really exciting I completely agree and I, I think theatre like you say it's not not every piece of theatre will be for everyone and theatre provoking a reaction whether in people is more important than it giving a like a yeah, it was okay response you want a, a rather a really positive or really negative reaction or because that shows that it's good theatre it's it's dividing opinions and it's um like I say giving no limitations to what what's possible and it's really exciting to see yeah, exactly. And it sparks conversation, whether that's conversation about the art piece that people have just seen or whether it's conversation about the issues, you know, that are included in that in that piece of theatre. Yeah. Um, you know, these conversations are so important to have for, you know, professional development as an artist when it comes to critiquing the form um, or whether that's, you know, personal development in terms of your understanding and your beliefs. And I think that anything that can spark conversation and I think theatre is so good at that as well you know people will see a film and if they don't like it they might never talk about it again but I think I don't know if it's something to do with being in the same room as the actors 
but people seem to really want to talk about stuff that they've seen in the theater which is you know it's it is a good thing it is and you see people's eyes light up going oh you have you have to see this or 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 i wouldn't go and see that blah blah whatever but yeah it's really um it's really yeah very exciting i love that answer that's a very very great answer to that question i Um, think um because i'm a very competitive person i would like the last episode of this podcast to be a ranking of all of the answers to this question okay i'll do it i'd I'd also like at least a one minute monologue of my why mine was the best well you are the only you are only the second person i've done this podcast with so well third sorry because georgia and georgia and sarah so what if i then say that to another person will i have to do a one minute monologue for each person for each person i've said just for you anna yeah of course yeah obviously just for me obviously yeah (laughs) that was a stupid question (laughs) yeah show me the competition i'll fight them i watch (laughs) wwe i know how to like elbow drop Oh, and that's about it. And, that, and that's about it. Oh, it's more than I know how to do. <laughs> He's a lover, not a fighter. I couldn't squish a fly. Oh, neither could I. No. <laughs> but, but, a, but a man, I'll take them. <laughs> but the girl, the girl eats the gays and the flies are safe around me. The girl eats the gays and the flies. I love that. Oh, bless you. So that, is, that was my last question, Anna. Have you got... Um, Anything else you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Anything that you just want to? Anything you want to bring out to the world? Just share. Go for it. Um, I'll plug the podcast because you should definitely tune in um, for the rest of the episodes of this. Thanks, Anna. Um, I'll I'll give give you my my standard advice piece that I give to everyone in life. Uh, stay hydrated. Do your taxes. Change your bed sheets. Um, <laughs> and listen to a new musical this week. Pick a new one that you haven't listened to before and listen to it. Something different. Something, something different. New, something exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Fab. Anna, thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm going to stop recording now, but we'll probably continue chatting. Thank you. No problem. And that was episode two. Thank you so much to Anna for agreeing to be part of the podcast. We had a lovely catch-up. It was so nice to see her. Be sure to check out what's coming next for Anna. She's a major talent and you need to watch out for her in the future. Thank you to Acast for hosting our podcast. This has been a Dugan production. Come back next week where we'll have another amazing guest. See you soon.